All right. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. How's, it, how's everybody doing? Amen. Well, I'm here not to uh, preach this morning. I'm excited because one of my dear friends who is uh, heading south, really, really south, like Caribbean south, this is going to be his last time here with us. And after, I'm sorry, preaching. But I mean, with us all together. And uh, so I thought it would be fitting if, uh, if our dear brother Daryl Jones would preach the word to us this morning. And, you know, one of the things I love about the Northeast is that we have very capable spiritual men that can lead and inspire uh, many, as you saw here on the stage in, 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 our, in our fellowship. And Daryl is one of those men. Uh, I, I just appreciate his heart, his humility. Uh, you know, he and Allison are going to be moving to St. Thomas um, to, yeah, St. Thomas. Uh, you know, I've, I think they've shot films from Jurassic Park down there. <laughs> but you know, on a serious note, I, I admire Daryl greatly. And um, to, to have been together uh, over 25 years uh, when we moved to Jersey City and, you know, Sari and I, uh, newly married, coming into the ministry, we had couples like the Joneses, the Gills, the Alfonsos, that just helped us <laughs> as we did not know what we were doing. <laughs> but what's so beautiful is to, to see the, the, the man's faith grow, to see God bless his family. And so without further ado, I give you Daryl Jones to come and preach the word. All right, so since I... Since, since, since I can't preach while I'm crying, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Amen. So I, I wanted to thank everyone for your anticipated listening, and I wanted to thank everyone uh, for this opportunity to, to share with you. I've been praying all week long that the Spirit would move, and I'm going to pray one more time for that. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. God, I pray that you move me out of the way and that what you want said is said to each one here individually, that you move their hearts, and we love you and pray these things in Christ's name. Independence Day is two days away, and we're gonna celebrate freedom, right? Okay, so America is celebrating freedom from English rule, so in that vein, I wanted to take a look at the freedom that Christ brings, okay? So, all right. So I've got three points. The first all, and all three of them have to do with freedom. The first one is freedom from righteousness. Mm. The second is freedom to choose. Okay. And the third is freedom to serve. All right. So now what I did was uh, Matt Rupert, amazing campus minister. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to serve with him in the campus ministry as I shepherd with them. But what we did was we gave out passages to people 
And so who has the passage with number two on it? Okay, awesome. Uh, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Thank you so much, Zio. So what that's talking about is that God made us all. Okay, that's, that's just the way things went. And I think that sometimes we can think that God is not with us. It's like, okay, well, no, God you know, kind of came about like when we started following Jesus. No. No, I mean, no, no, seriously, it's like, no, God made you in the womb. He's been tracking your steps this entire time. And it's all part of a journey, and I think that I, what I need to do, and hopefully we can think not to do, is not to discount people's journeys, okay? Now, whether or not we accept this fact that we're made by God and he wants us to be his children, that is something that we need to decide, but God loves you, he made you, and he wants to be with you intimately, amen? Okay, so in 1964, Harold and Diane Jones had a son. His name was Daryl. He was born in Mount Sinai Hospital. I don't know if that's foreshadowing or anything, but um, uh, in Harlem. And uh, actually, uh, Ruth knew my dad. Uh, he was a great guy. Um, he served in the community. Uh, I'm very, very proud of him. Uh, but he had issues, you know. Uh, he, he was an alcoholic, okay? Uh, my mom was an awesome woman. Uh, she's still alive. She lives with my brother up in Rhode Island. But um, she had issues too. Uh, she battled mental illness, okay? So I grew up in that environment. I'm not saying that, hey, that was bad. I was privileged to have both parents and that they stayed married until my father passed. So I'm super grateful for that. But I'm just saying that, oh, I was wondering how that was going to work out, but <laughs> okay, so I'll stay here. <laughs> but, but all those things being said that, um, you know, that, that was part of my upbringing, okay? I want to fast forward to um, when I met my wife, okay? So from 1982 to 1987, we dated. And then we got married in 1987. But you may not know this, because um, campus asked me a lot. They say, hey, well, you know, what's it like to date in the church? I'm like, I don't know. I don't. Um, so like I said, we got married. And when we were married, we weren't Christians. But when we got married uh, in 87, by 1989, we were separated. It was, it was a wrap. Uh, we didn't know how to make things work. Uh, I, and I was mean and vindictive, unfortunately, because when I got hurt, it's like, okay, well, you're going to get hurt too. But I was effective in hurting my wife, but what does that do? And so, like I said, there was, there, by that time, she was like, hey, look, you're going to have to move out because this really isn't working. Okay? So, um, who has number three? 
Romans 6, 19 through 21, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. So my independence at that point, okay, because, yeah, Romans 6. So my independence at that point had kind of made itself completely manifest. What would you mean? Because of the sinful life that I was living, not only was I now separated from my wife, but my marriage was dead. Okay, the Bible talks about how in that passage that we just looked at, what benefit did you reap at that time from those things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. So it killed my, killed my marriage, uh, killed my self-esteem. Um, I, it was just sad, okay? Um, four. Who's got number four? This is Genesis 3, verses 2 through 4. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will certainly not die. I'm sorry, you will certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. I'm sorry, you will not certainly die. I had it right the first time. The serpent said to the woman. Yeah, no, that, I, I try to read that, and it's, it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way the devil likes to do things. So the, what he said was, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Okay, question. Did Adam and Eve die? Okay, everybody who says yes, raise their hand. Okay, did they die right away? No. Hmm. Yeah, in a way, yeah, but, yeah. Right, so, so that's the thing about sin, okay? I was in the world and of the world, and all I knew was Satan's promises. But what do you mean? Well, I'm supposed to be educated okay so I got my got my degree okay I'm supposed to have a job back in the 90s I was doing computer animation okay so that that was good uh, I was supposed to have a marriage well I did that and it didn't work but that's okay because marriages fail right but then if I have everything why am I so miserable why am I so lonely this this is a really sad story Okay, but being separated from my wife, and before I started working in computer animation, you guys heard me share this uh, when I welcomed you a couple of weeks ago, that I was working in art retail, and I felt so crushed by not being with Allison anymore that I just wanted to call it quits. And so 
I was looking out the window and I thought to myself, well, I've got three flights here, I've got three stories up. Is that going to be enough to actually kill me? You know, I've watched a lot of movies, people kind of jump from that height and not die. Would I have to time it so that a car would hit me? This is going through my head. And then we talked about that journey thing before, right? Something just popped into my mind and said, well, why not wait and see how the movie ends? Like, what kind of weird thought is that, right? But, but it made sense. It's like, look, I've got the ticket. If I don't like the movie, you know, I could walk out, but maybe I will like it if I just keep going, okay? So, but again, I didn't know anything other than Satan's promise. Like, I didn't know that it could get better. And, and my wife didn't either. But, so here's, so that, that was the beginning of the sad story. So as I find, like I said, so now I've got a little bit of stuff, okay? So, all right, I made it past that. Now I'm working in computer animation and I'm living on my own in my own apartment. And okay, I can start again. And so my first check, not my first check, but one of my checks come in and I've got a little bit of extra. I've already paid rent and I've already done this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to treat myself. And so I, I bought a pair of powered speakers for my Walkman. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, and so I plug it in, I turn it on, and I'm listening to it in my room, all by myself, in my apartment. Isn't that happy? <laughs> isn't, isn't that so uplifting? But isn't that what we do? We think, oh, okay, well, if I just have this, that'll make me happy. Or if I have that, that'll make me happy. And then in all honesty, even as disciples, we can think, all right, well, you know what? When I have this in place, that's, that's when it's really going to be. It's like, no. No, that's not what it's all about. Okay, so Satan's promise will always be revealed for what it is. What is that? A lie. And so I was kind of at the end of my emotional path, like that was it. But God called. So my wife was invited to start studying the Bible, and she did. She was shown what the Bible had said about marriage and reached out to me to see if I wanted to reconcile, because that makes sense. That's what the Bible says, right? And so we moved to Weehawken, and then to make a long story short so that we can go home tonight. Because <laughs> this is 33 years ago, right? <laughs> so Bob Lippincott and Leo Soufflé showed me what Jesus did. Okay, who has number five? Uh, this is Second Corinthians 5, verse 15, and it says... And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, 
but for him who died for them and was raised again. When, when they showed me that Christ had died in my place, God had opened my mind and helped me to understand, oh, I get it. So now I live in Jesus' place. It's like he, he died for me, now I live for him. Does that make sense? And that was the crossroads. That was the decision that was made 33 years ago. So, uh, right, my baptism, okay, all right, so, right. So May 25th, 1990, I chose freedom from sin. Okay, amen. Okay, who's got um, number six? I have scripture from Matthew 7, verse 13, 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to, the, uh, to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. My baptism was a crossroads because I was on the path to destruction. And I had already experienced that through a failed marriage and through the emptiness of the world and the promises that it leaves, right? Okay. So who's got, what are we up to? Which one? Seven. Who's got seven? Okay. This is from Proverbs 12, 28. In the way of righteousness, there is life. Along that path is immorality. Immortality. Immortality, sorry, immortality. <laughs> okay, so in the way of righteousness, there is life. Along that path is immortality. Okay, there were two paths to choose. One, the narrow path, which leads to life. Okay, and then there's the broad path, which leads to death. What's exciting is that my problems really weren't lust, pornography, drug abuse, pride, selfishness, infidelity, greed, anger, and the like. The real problem was the road that I was on. Okay? It wasn't root sin, R-O-O-T sin, but it was root sin, R-O-U-T-E. That was the path that I was on. Does that make sense? I think that's often we can look and say, okay, well, we got to dig things out by the root. I think more along the lines is you got to get off that road. Okay? Because on the road, you can trip, you can stumble, you can struggle, you can mess up, but guess what? You're still on the right road. Thank you so much for your graciousness. So, uh, what are we on? Seven or eight? 
Okay, who's got eight? All right. This is from James chapter 1, verses 13 and 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Yeah, that's an awesome scripture. Eric did a great job reading it. Okay, well, what, what's the point of looking at that? Well, think about it. How does, well, how does the progression work? First of all, God's not tempting you, okay? So it ain't him. Second of all, God can't be tempted by evil. That's not interesting to him, all right? But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own, what kind of desire? Evil desire. Okay, I can desire an intimate relationship with somebody, right? There's nothing evil about that. But then if I decide that what I'm going to do is the way that I'm going to pursue that is through lust or even manipulation or whatever other than the kind of relationship I have with my wife now, which is supportive and loving and giving and cherishing and all that sort of good stuff, okay? So, but in the event that you don't do that and you've allowed your own evil desire to entice you, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Okay, so now you've got sin there. We've got, we've got a problem. And when it's full grown, what happens? then you die. Okay, so back to Adam and Eve. Like, it, they didn't die right away, but they had to die later. Okay, and the problem that they did have in their life, they didn't have Jesus. We get to have Jesus. We get to not only have his example, but we have his forgiveness. And so that goes back to the root sin versus the root sin. If you're on the right path, you're doing good. Okay, addition, God's way is the best way. Well, why? Because he has the satisfaction for every need we have. I'll say that again. He has the satisfaction for every need we have. We don't have to turn someplace else. I, I stand before you guys today, and I feel so accepted by you. That was so, that's so wonderful. This, so many of you, I have had so many close personal relationships and ties and things, and, and where else is that going to be at? Where else is that? I, I, look, I just retired from teaching, which, well, <laughs> when I say retired, I mean that I'm not, working in Patterson anymore. I am going to teach down on the island. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, like retiring, retiring, okay? <laughs> but I, I say that to say I had a friend take me out to lunch after that. I've been working in the district 25 years. 
I've got one friend that'll take me out to lunch. Okay, and 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 I was talking with uh, uh, I was talking with a brother. He's on his way down to camp, and we were talking about how, you know, when somebody passes, everybody has nice things to say about them. Okay, and there's there's nothing wrong with that because they want to be remembered. But what I'm saying is, of all the people that I know from there. I wouldn't want to have some kind of retirement party because everybody's going to be standing up saying all these nice things about me and I'm going to be like, do I even really know you? <laughs> right? But that was 25 years. People think, oh yeah, you know, I've got all these friends. Come on, what happened when you graduated high school? How many friends do you still have from there? <laughs> and not to be mean, but I mean, what happens is we think that simply because we're near people, we're friends with them. But God teaches you what real friendship is, and that's why when I look out at this crowd and I see people smiling at me, I know they really mean it. So thank you. So being in Christ, I now have the freedom to choose. Okay, so that's the second point, freedom to choose, because I'm no longer a slave to sin. Slavery to sin means I have no other choice. I'll say that again. Slavery to sin means I have no other choice. When you choose to continue to sin, there comes a point when you are a slave to it. And then you don't have a choice anymore because it controls you. Okay, so... Just, just off the top of my head, just really quick, I just need to say this because I don't know if I wrote this down. Uh, I was struggling with something this morning. So how do you deal with it? Get open about it. Talk about it. Say, hey, you know what? I was thinking this way. I was feeling this way. Hey, I just, I just wanted to let you know. I just want to be. I want to remain in the light with this so that when I get up to preach, I don't have funky feelings going on. Okay? All right. So who's got the next one? That would be number nine, right? Let's go, Desi. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay. Breaking this down, number one. Don't do what the world does, okay? What does the world do? Well, it isolates, separates, and marginalizes, okay? How do we transform our minds? By the word. Okay, Daryl, I hate reading. I know people that have, get headaches when they read. So if you can't read the word, what can you do? Listen to it. Okay? You have got to get more of the word in your life than everything else in your life. Okay, some of it has to do with quantity. I'm a quantity guy. I love listening to podcasts. I don't, I'm not really excited about my own thoughts a lot. So I would much rather meditate on God's word. I'd much rather listen to 
oh, wow, really? Ruach is the spirit, and the spirit is like the wind, and the wind is like we have, we have our own spirit, and then we have the spirit that God gave us, and we have the spirit that we have to return to God, and, you know, stuff like that. Okay, thinking that way, just getting things in your head that you can meditate on, because it helps, all right? Why? Because then I'll be able to renew my mind, and then I'll be able to test and approve what God is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we test? Okay, how can we test to see if something's going to work? You try it. Okay, who's got the next one? James 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So you want to test to see if it works? Do what it says. What happens if you don't do what it says? You are self-deceived. That's rough, right? You see something then you know you need to do and then you don't do it then what happens your heart gets hard then what happens to your thinking you kind of start to rationalize and do crazy stuff and you wind up being deceived so when you hear something in god's word and you feel like oh man i can't do this I, this this is too much for me well wrestle with god say god i'm, I'm this seems like too much for me i have things i have to wrestle with i I've, i i need help learning how to do the studies better i need help um as crazy as this is going to sound after 35 years of marriage communicating with my wife i, I feel like sometimes we're just on separate wavelengths entirely and when we clash that's when i have to rely on god it's like okay mommy yeah let's let's stop and pray or she'll be like okay no we need to pray so, hey, look, as long as God is in the middle, it's going to work, right? Amen. Okay, so decisions to serve. Who's got the next one? All right, Ray Clark. Ready to sound like Derek. <laughs> Matthew 25, 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Awesome. Thank you, bro. If we can agree that everything we have is a gift from God, then from this scripture we can see that we need to be faithful with these gifts. Does that make sense? All right, let's go. So being free to choose means I make my choices to be faithful with my gifts, by prioritizing God and others. Okay, I'll say that again. Being free to choose means I make my choices to be faithful with my gifts by prioritizing God and prioritizing other people. So, my son Jordan is outside giving ear to what's up. So, we had to prioritize my son when he was going through his his mental health issues. And so what we did was we moved. 
and we, we moved down to um, Somerset. And then there was a brother who said, well, I'm not going to lead the Bible talk in Somerset. So I made a decision to lead the Bible talk in his stead. Okay, but what happened with that was that his uncle and Russ Sr.'s brother became a, became a baptized disciple, and then that same week went on to be with God. Okay, but those are decisions that you have to make. Well, what did that, what was the cost of that decision, like, like Desi was talking about? Well, the cost was I had to drive an hour every day up to be with the church here when the church was only 10 minutes away from where I was living. It also meant that I was driving an hour back home. So that was two hours a day out of my life. And that was every day. Why? Because I drove all the way up to Patterson to work all the way back home to be home. And then on Saturdays, I had a part-time job that was in Passaic County Community College, come back home, and then Sunday, go all the way up for church. And that, of course, assumed that it wasn't Saturday. I was taking my kids to Solid Rock in the city. That was the cost. But was it worth it? Yes, of course. Why? Because my son is outside no longer experiencing the same sort of ideation that he was experiencing before serving God. So Jordan got baptized. Another decision to prioritize God was my daughter. So she would sit uh, with the teens, wherever the teens would be sitting, and she would have on her headphones, and she didn't want to hear what the message was saying because I was spending so much time with my son trying to help him with his needs that she felt neglected and as a result, she felt rejected. So she found a relationship with somebody that unfortunately was abusive, but that's Satan's promise. But I wanted to reach her, so what did I do? Well, I decided that she likes social media. Let me, let me learn about this Instagram stuff. That was like eight years ago, <laughs> seven years ago. Okay, but because of that, um, I contribute. You see me with my camera for the Garden State Church Instagram and Garden State Church Facebook. Maybe you remember we had a pandemic, and before we kind of found our rhythm, they would go into Facebook and pull up old worship videos that I had recorded <laughs> because my camera was out and then uh, was able to be hired on by Hope Worldwide um, to be able to cover and manage their social media accounts. And then, of course, I'm getting ready to hand off now uh, the social media account of the New Jersey Campus Ministry. Okay, but, but what does all that do? That gives the world a chance to see what God's church is doing here in New Jersey. We had a sister that came from the Netherlands and was inspired. She said, oh, I follow you guys from over there, and we, we imitate what we see you guys doing. Why? Because the decisions I'm making prioritize God and others. 
so as God blessed us with our son getting baptized, we then uh, are moving back up. And my daughter knows it partially to get away from this boy that she's involved with, okay? God had worked other things out too because my wife took a golden parachute. If you don't know what that means, look it up. Um, and, you know, we were done living down there. So we wanted to come up and be close to the church again. So we asked the church leaders at the time, hey, what do you guys want us to do? What can we do? How can we serve? I said, well, you know what? We have uh, shepherds that are moving um, to Florida. Do you, would you like to be campus shepherds? And so Rob Novak was leading the campus ministry at the time, and he had been praying for a campus shepherd. So that was eight years ago. And so that's awesome. So as a result of that decision, we then brought Abby to everything. You know, wherever, wherever we were, she was. And so what did that mean that she was around? disciples, campus disciples that had just finished their teen angst years and weren't trying to hear none of that. They're like, oh, uh-huh, I remember those days. Come here, get a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she went away to camp, who serves, at, who serves at camp? Campus. So campus is there serving at camp, and what happens? Her heart is melted, and she becomes a disciple. So the last problem is we're living up in Hillsdale. And it's like, geez, that's, that's just too far away from everything. I, I, can't, I can't invite people to church when it takes me a half hour to drive to church. This, this isn't going to work. And so I'm really excited to see what's happening now because it's talking about we're planting Christ in every community. Well, that was the tagline about three years ago. Uh, you know, so it would say, you know, Garden State Church, planting Christ in every community. I was like, I, I can't do that if I am where I am. I've got to move. And so God worked it out that we moved to Bloomfield. But what's amazing about that is I didn't even know that most of the church here is kind of centralized around that area. And that even as we're leaving, the house is still going to be filled with disciples. So we're going to come in for a landing. So I'm not without sin. Okay, I'm not, I don't stand up <laughs> here in front of you like, I'm Jesus, watch me float away. Okay. Some sin we commit, but other sin resides where? in your heart okay so with my sin of pride and my sin of fear okay well how's the pride well like i said i was doing computer animation back in the 90s i have television credits i did cartoons for television back in the 90s what is this lowly art teaching stuff it's like you know i, I can't wait till i'm not teaching art anymore so i can really be who i'm supposed to be and make that money that I'm supposed to be making. Sounds ugly, right? But I don't see it. Why? 
because it's in my heart. And then I'm terrified. Okay, I'm closing in on 70. Well, you're closing in on 60. You're 59, okay? <laughs> but what does fear do? Stuff like that, right? It's like, oh, no, I'm going to be 70. Dude, will you turn 60 first? Okay, so I'm, I'm scared about retirement. When am I going to retire? How's this going to work? Where's the money going to come from? I, I don't know how this is all going to happen. All right, so what it took then was, what do you think you have to do when you're confronted with that sort of stuff? You got to pray. Good. And then what has to happen during your prayer? You got to let it go. Surrender. So after praying, and for a little while, God was merciful. He granted me unto repentance. And I'm proud to be an art teacher. Why? Because I, I, I meet kids' needs. I'm able to be in there. I'm able to give them a safe place to express. Where else do they get to express? And that we can have conversations. So I'm going to be doing the little guys, but... We'll get there in a second, okay? So, God is amazing because he brings beauty out of tragedy. So, my wife's mother passed, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, honey, I know that this is hard. I, I know you're grieving. What would really bring you joy? And she says, I want to visit my friends in St. Thomas. Now, I have been sending her all over the place. I've been sending her to see her dad in Florida. I've been seeing her to see her, art in, her aunt in Georgia. Uh, when my daughter went out to California, she got to go and I stayed home. I was like, if you're going to St. Thomas, I'm going to St. Thomas. <laughs> and I didn't know how that was going to work out. Because it's like, who's got money to fly to St. Thomas? But God had worked it out because we got a tax return. Okay? So, amen, right? <laughs> so, we get down to St. Thomas. It's Easter Sunday. And we're with our best friends. They are our best friends. Why? Well, they live down in St. Thomas. How can they be your best friends? Well, every time they vacation, they come up here. And so there's been 17 years straight that we vacation with our families together. And during the pandemic, this guy called me more than people just in general would call me. So, so we're down there and I'm like, okay, honey, how are you doing? No, I'm doing good. I'm, 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 I'm you know, getting better, uh, working through my, you know, She's got this book that she's working through that Chuck uh, suggested. And then what was crazy was uh, then when we got down there, uh, Melissa, who's Allie's best friend, was like, hey, I've got this book that you should, you should use. <laughs> what, what, which book is it? The same one Chuck did, of course, you know. <laughs> All right. So it's Easter Sunday. Yeah, I'm making, it, I'm making my way through the book. I'm doing better. Things are good. I'm like, okay, great. Well, what else do you need? I need to stay. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> don't react. <laughs> don't freak out. 
you know, just, just prioritize your wife and God is faithful. Okay. So I said, oh, maybe if there was an art teaching job on the island, we could stay. And so, right, don't even say that, right? <laughs> Turns out there were two spots open. If you had been waiting for my job in Patterson, you'd been waiting 26 years. But so what, so what are the odds, teens? What are the odds okay, that there would have been two art teaching jobs open? So on my final interview, I'm talking with the head of school. Okay, where's, where's the head of school from? New Jersey. Well, what kind of person is she? A person of color. Where did she go to school? Where you did. Where did she teach? Camden, an urban district, just like you teach in Patterson. Do you think I got that job? So God gives me the job, but I'm like, okay, well, that means I'm going to have to retire from Patterson because they're not paying me what they're paying me up here. I'm going to have to draw from my pension and get this salary, and we're still going to need you to work. So she says, well, I can't really, I, I'm trying to find a job here at, uh, in, in New Jersey, but they keep looking and see where my address is. I'm going to need to be on the island to land this job. I'm like, okay, well, you got a month to find the job. And so she flies down. She gets an interview the Thursday after, you know, like the first Thursday she's there. No, actually, she interviewed, I forget, we'll have to get it straight for my wife. But it was Thursday she interviewed. Monday she got the job. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Hold your applause for this one. She had to submit and surrender too, because she had been doing her own business and she was working for somebody. I was like, honey, I think you're gonna have to find a corporate gig to kind of make the money that we need to be making. So her job is she is the executive assistant to the CEO of Via Communications on the island. What does that mean? That's kind of like Verizon, except they, they take care of your internet and your phone and your cellular and all that other sort of stuff. And she's building a relationship with the CEO of that company. They're flying her to St. Croix tomorrow for, a, you know, for an event. Okay, so needless to say, God had made it clear that this is what we were supposed to be doing. So who's got the last one? Revelations. Okay, let's go. So the scripture is in Revelation 12, verse 11, and it says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Yeah, give it up. God has a story that he wants to tell through you. I'm excited to have shared my story because it's an exciting story. But God has an exciting story to tell through you. What did it say just then? 
that they were saved by what? The word of their testimony. Why? Because God has that plan for you. He has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I had to hold on tight to that. The interview process was like three months long. <laughs> it's like, no, God's not trying to harm me. He wants to prosper me. And then other things come up. And I'm reminded of the Israelites. Oh, well, we had pots of food when we were in Egypt. That's, that's a quote. We had leeks and melons and all the food we wanted. And all we have now is this manna. Look, don't complain. You can talk to God about how you're feeling, but don't forget where he brought you from. Don't forget what he's already done in your life. So if we can put the last scripture up on the board. Okay, we're going to read this together in a second. I just want to give you all a charge, okay? That thing under, that tagline under the uh, Garden State Church, planting Christ in every community. In all honesty, this was a vision that I had about three years ago, so much so that I moved. And I'm not saying that to, to toot my own horn. What I'm saying is that God wants us to have a story to tell, to share with other people. You now have the opportunity to share that with the people in your community. You now have the opportunity to invite people to, to hear your story, how God has worked and moved in your life. Why? Because just like me, they don't know there's anything else. I didn't know there was anything else. But thanks be to God that he called my wife. So, can everybody see the board? We're going to read that together on three. One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church said,